Welcome back to the Stock Market Options Trading Podcast. My name is Eric, and in this episode, I'm going to attempt to explain the concept of R multiple, also known as risk multiples, and how to think about this for credit spreads or you know just option selling in general. Now, I learned the R multiple concept from a book called Trading Your Way to Financial Freedom by Van Tharp, but had a hard time for a while applying this to options trading because there's so many different ways to trade options. And most of the examples, if you look up our multiples on the internet are gonna be related to stock buying. So, you know, with a little bit of extra work going into understand this for options. And, and in this case, we're gonna do credit spread, so options selling. And the whole point of this is to help determine our trade size or position size when it comes to trading credit spreads. And that's one of my personal trading goals for this year, 2022, which is to execute better position sizing for each of the strategies that I trade. And that really starts with understanding the math of your strategy, which I have a pretty good grip on my math, but there's always some room for improvement when it comes to position sizing, because this is how you can grow your account and scale up and down according to how well each particular strategy is doing. You're gonna get better performance over time. So that's something that I'm working on for this year. And I think the R multiple concept is going to help. Now I've got another episode coming with my sort of personal take on the Kelly criterion, which is a sort of position sizing um, algorithm, if you will, or, or formula. And I'm going to take this R multiple concept and add that to the Kelly criterion for credit spreads, but we have to get the R multiple first. So this episode is going to be about the R multiple when it comes to credit spreads. And then we'll do another episode about Kelly criterion once we have the R multiple for our strategy. You don't want to miss that episode and keep in mind, I am not a financial advisor and everything on this podcast is for informational purposes only. This is definitely not financial advice. And I recommend that you do your own research on this topic and how it, how you can apply it to your own trading. So let me just add to that. I recently saw online that Van Tharp, the author of the book that I just mentioned where I got this, this concept from, he had passed away actually this week. And I wanted to just, you know, dedicate this episode to him. I'd already started working on this episode a couple of weeks ago and um, I saw his passing. So kind of, you know, uh, hit home for me. I'm like, okay, I got to put this one out. I definitely recommend you go pick up his book. It's called Trading Your Way to Financial Freedom. He has a few other books as well. He really helped a lot of people in his life. And again, just wanted to uh, dedicate this episode to him. And the book, Trading Your Way to Financial Freedom, is really about, it's a great read, it's really about, you know, developing a trading system and just a lot of things you want to think about when you're putting your own system together. So I definitely think it's uh, worth picking up and reading through. It's a pretty good read and it's, you know, I really like that book. All right, so let's go ahead and get into it. We're going to do like a quick stock example real quick when we talk about our multiples. And let's just go through super basic examples. So whenever you enter into a trade, you're going to need an exit plan so that you can limit your risk. The risk is what we're going to call R. R is risk. For a stock example, if you buy stock at, let's say, $100 and you place a stop at $90, you're basically risking $10 per share or about 10% on this trade. So if you were to buy $5,000 worth of that stock, you'd be risking 10% or about $500. This means that $500 would be one R. Since you're risking $500 and your stop, one R is $500 for this particular trade. Now, if the stock were to go up 20%, let's say, 
and it went to $120 a share and you exit it, your profit would be about $1,000. So this would be a 2R gain because you're putting your gain in terms of your risk. So there's a relationship there. We're going to divide, right? So you're going to divide your profit, in this case, $1,000 and you divide your profit by your risk, $500, and that's how you get 2R. So you have a 2R gain because you made two times your initial risk. Now, for some reason, the stock went against you and you got stopped out, you would lose your $500 or your 10%, and you would have a negative 1R loss. So that's how you would term your loss in terms of R. You would have, a, if your stop was hit, you would have a negative 1R loss on that trade. Now, there are going to be other times where you may experience maybe a gap against you or maybe you don't get filled or whatever the case may be where you can actually lose more than you're risking, especially a gap or like an earnings gap or something like that. So even if you had a stop at 10%, you could actually lose more. You could lose 15 or 20%. So let's just say, you know, the worst case scenario, the, the market or the stock gapped against you. And let's say you got stopped out and your stop got hit and but you, you got out, let's say 20%, you would actually have a negative 2R for that trade, a 2R loss. So that's just a, you know, a super basic example of terming your gains and losses according to your risk. So the general idea here is that over time, when you're tracking your trades, or maybe you're backtesting a strategy or something, getting a sense of the R multiple of the strategy is going to help you position size properly. And you really need this number if you're gonna look at something like the Kelly Criterion, which I'm gonna do in another episode. But again, we just wanna get a sense of how much you're risking and how much you're making. And the way you're gonna do that is by using the R multiple. You're ultimately gonna divide your gain divided by your risk. And again, you can have a negative R, uh, some R multiple, and it could be a fraction, but it could be an R multiple for uh, for if you were to happen to lose more than you were actually intended to. Now, when it comes to options, calculating the R multiple can be a little bit less straightforward because there's so many different option structures. There's rolling and there's adjusting and there's, you know, there's so many, you know, selling spreads, buying calls, selling puts, and the, the you know, the max gain, the max loss, undefined risk, defined risk. There's so many different variables that it can be a little bit tricky to apply this concept, which is why I just wanted to focus on credit spreads in this episode because I think a lot of people start with credit spreads. I think it's probably the most consistent, if you will, uh, of all the strategies. But let's focus on credit spreads here. And the general idea should apply to other trades as well. But again, we're going to talk through the credit spread example. So first, what is a credit spread? Why would we put on a credit spread over maybe selling a naked put? And if we focus on put credit spreads here, a put credit spread is the act of selling one put and then buying another put a little bit lower for a net credit. And that second put is really a protective measure so that you can define your risk because when you're basically, when you are selling a put or a naked put, you have an obligation to buy that stock. No matter how low it goes, you are the insurance company there. So if you sell a naked put and the stock just tanks, you're on the hook for however, however low it goes because you're gonna have to buy that stock at the higher price. So what a lot of people do is to reduce their risk, also their buying power, is they buy a put that's a little bit lower. It could be one or two strikes. It could be, you know, there's different sort of um, methods here. Uh, but the point is the, the protective put that you're buying is meant to limit your risk and define the risk, which is why credit spreads are a defined risk spread. And when it's all said and done, 
uh, we know what our max gain is and our max loss is for defined risk spread. Now, by reducing our risk, by buying that put, we're also reducing our reward because we have to use some of the credit that we receive for the sold put and buy more insurance or buy that put below. So we're actually reducing our risk, but at the same time, we're reducing our potential profit. And the trade-off here is now that we've bought the productive put, we've, you know, we've reduced our potential profit, but we've also defined our risk. And therefore we know exactly how much we can lose, or we know the most we can lose. And that's going to help us position size properly because we know what our risk is. We can use this as our one R to, or, you know, if you're going to try to use a stop, you can, you know, change that as well, but we at least know the max loss. And I think that's very important for position sizing. And real quick, for a more detailed explanation, if you want to check out episode two of the podcast, I go through more detail about sort of that insurance analogy with put credit spreads. It's episode two. Check that out when you get a minute, maybe after listening to this one. Now, depending on the strategy, this protective put that you bought, um, it could be considered your stop loss because you've limited your downside risk as we just kind of talked about. However, if you're selling far out of the money spreads, which a lot of people do, you're selling Delta 20 or Delta 10 or something you know, far out of the money, that risk reward can still be pretty high. Um, you can get a very little credit, but have a lot of risk. The trade-off there is that the probability is in your favor. Um, so, you know, I don't want to tell you that you should use your protective put as your stop loss. This is this episode really isn't about picking strikes and using stop losses. We really just want to cover how to calculate your R multiple for whatever particular credit spread you decide to trade. So let's do a quick uh, example of a credit spread that's just a little bit out of the money, maybe slightly at the money. Um, and again, not a recommendation, it's just sort of a, uh, an example. And we're gonna ignore the stop loss for now, and we're just gonna use that protective put as our stop loss so that we don't really have to, you know, we don't have to rely on the market to get filled. We just know how much we can lose. That's gonna be our stop loss for now. So we're gonna define our risk, and we're gonna take that max loss and consider that our, you know, stop loss, if you will. So if I sell a five-point white credit spread on SPX, and receive a $2 credit, my max gain on that trade is gonna be $2. That's the credit I received. That's the most I can make on a credit spread is whatever the credit I received. The goal is to keep as much of that credit as possible. The max loss is the difference between the width of the spread, in this case, $5, and the credit that I received, in this case, $2. So in this case, my max loss is gonna be $300, and my max gain is gonna be $200, because the width of the spread is five or $500. So since we're risking $300 on this trade, that becomes one R for our example. So I'm willing to risk the max loss, which in this case is $300, to try to make $2 or $200 on this particular trade. So our one R risk is $300, because that's how much we're risking. So fast forward this trade, let's say that spread expires worth with the market rallies or it stays above the short strike by the expiration and we achieve the the max gain of two hundred dollars okay so what would our gain be in terms of r so in terms of r the max gain would be about 0.66666 or 0.67 r and the way i get this number is i'm basically divided my gain in this case two hundred dollars 
divided by the risk. Well, I divided $200 by $300, and that's gonna give me my R multiple for this particular trade. And the reason why it's a decimal is because our gain is actually less than what we are risking. So we're risking 300 in this case to make 200. That's the math of the credit spread. And you're gonna find this with most spread trades. You're often risking more than your reward. And the trade-off there, again, is gonna be, in general, higher probability. Now, in most cases, you're not gonna be a net option seller and be able to achieve 2R gains on a particular trade. Now, if you were to buy a call option, um, yes, you can achieve 2R gains because there's undefined, you know, unlimited profit potential in those trades. Uh, but when you're a seller of options, you're sort of fixing your, your game. But again, this comes down to, you know, the particular strategy. But I just want to point that out that you're not going to be able to achieve 2R gains in most cases when you, when you are an option seller. Now, let's go back to the credit spread example. You know, previously we said that, you know, if the spread expired worthless, we'd be able to book the max gain. But a lot of times with credit spreads, and you'll see this, you know, Tasty Trade, and a lot of people talk about this, I, I trade like this as well, is a lot of times we close the trade for partial profit. What does that mean? So let's say we sold the spread for $2. If I'm able to close that trade and buy it back for $1, and I can book $100, out of the 200, I may not want to hold it to expiration. And what that's essentially doing is reducing my profit, but I'm also taking the risk off the table. You think about that for a second. If I sold the spread for $200 and my risk is 300, over time, if I'm now up 100, I now have $400 of risk on the table if it were to go against me. So part of the reason why we like to close um, credit spreads in, is for partial profit, and sometimes naked options too, the reason why we, we do that is because we want to remove the risk and book the profit. So it's a little bit different from, you know, letting your winners run type thing. It's really more managing winners and it's kind of a different concept. Maybe we can do in a different episode. Uh, but I just wanted to point that out that if you are going to be taking profits at 50%, it's act actually going to change the R multiple of the trade. So for example, if we uh, bought the spread back for $100, now we've actually reduced our profit and our profit at that point would be 0.33R because when you relate the profit to the risk, you know, we risk $300, right? And we booked $100. When you do that division, 100 divided by 300, you get the 0.33R. And that makes sense because that's half the gain of, you know, the previous example where we let it expire worthless and we got to keep $200, which was a R multiple of 0.67. Now, by many standards, an R multiple of less than one for a strategy is not that desirable. Most people would see that and go, well, why would I wanna you know, risk one to make a half or whatever? The answer to that really is because you want a higher win rate. And you hear about this all, all the time. Someone can have a 30% win rate, but if they're able to achieve an average of you know, six, seven R per trade, then they can still actually make money. So, you know, it's a different risk reward and it's not that it's right or wrong. We're just trying to kind of understand the math of our strategy. In this case, we're just talking about credit spreads. So again, it's not the high R multiple, but you're gonna be able to position these in most cases to have a higher win rate, which you're actually going to need a higher win rate if you have an R multiple that low, such as, you know, 0.6 or 0.5 or something like that. 
So I hope this got you thinking a little bit about R multiples and how if you're an option trader, you can apply this to your trades and really just start thinking about this. In the next episode, we're gonna take that R multiple number, for example, let's say it's 0.33 or whatever, and then we're gonna sort of factor that into an account balance with a win rate and loss rate. And that way that's gonna help us position size properly and we're going to we're going to use the kelly criterion as sort of a base case and we're we'll adjust it a little bit and I'll, I'll get into more detail about that but that's sort of the next step we really wanted to get the r multiple down so i hope that made sense i know it's a little bit confusing and sometimes it's hard to kind of articulate here in, in audio only but be sure to subscribe we'll see you at the next episode and i'll talk to you then